And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, doubleheader in LA and now Portland. Yeah. What a, what a wonderful way to end and start your week. I know. It's, uh, so Dame played last night. I don't know if that means that he won't play tonight. I would guess he's going to play tonight. Uh, they need him. I hope so. And they have goals as a team uh, that they need to achieve. And mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee they beat the Thunder without Dame. So my guess is that we'll see Damian Lillard tonight in Portland. And I can't wait to see Lou Dort defend him. Honestly. Do you think he will wear the new OKC-themed shoes? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. I would guess so, right? When you're playing the yeah. Thunder. Uh, Those look super cool, by the way. Cool. I, I, They're cool. They're really cool. I, I want a pair. I mean, <laughs> I don't care what they mean. I mean, those are awesome i mean i I don't wear uh that brand uh i usually go with the other Mm -hmm. one uh i'm not sure if you can say the names or whatever yeah we can uh yeah yeah, so i usually wear nike for running Mm -hmm. and whatever but those looks extremely cool i'm 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 really tempted i'm tempted as well just because of the fact that that dame shot really changed the thunder franchise had he yeah. not had he missed that shot, the Thunder win the game. The somehow the Thunder going to win the series. I still don't believe that's possible. Let's just say it, it happened. Yeah, and the Thunder go out in round two in like six games. Then, you're, yeah. then you can start talking yourself into okay. Let's keep this going. Maybe. Yeah. And you kind of you definitely you watch Russ right now, and it's pretty rough. I mean, it's brutal right now. Yeah. Uh, and then you watch Paul George do what he does in the playoffs. I know Paul George has been great in the regular season. It's wonderful. Good for him. Really yeah. cool. But I just I need to see it in the playoffs. I just won't buy it until the playoff, playoffs get here. Yeah, and, and, and even if Paul George said that Paul George was as great as in the regular season, it's not that the ceiling of that team is dramatically different. Mm-hmm. It's probably conference finals. Maybe that year. Probably. But doesn't really change um, the outcome for the future. Because, right. I mean, I haven't seen uh, the la- last game of, of the Wizards, um, but I, 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 had, it. I saw glimpses of it. Don't do and it. It's not good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's so sad. I mean, I was, I was really happy for us because I said, well, maybe, um, maybe this is a good situation for him. A lot of shooting around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Bryant, Bertans, Beal... And those two young wings, maybe he can have all the space he needs to to be Russell Westbrook again. Mm-hmm. And so far, not the case. And yeah, I mean, it's well, all that to say, tough to watch. All that to say is that that shot 
sent the Thunder into a tailspin that led to something very great for them, is that they got more than they should for both Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I mean, I think if you traded Paul George today, you get a lot. If you tried to make the same, like if the Thunder, if the Clippers called the Thunder and said, "Hey, we'd like to trade for Shea, and we'd like to give you Paul George," obviously the deal doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But if you were trying to surround a trade, if you were trying to retrade, they'd say like, "Okay, like Shea and one first rounder and cap filler for Paul George," and they'd be like, "Done, fair deal." because of the length of time that you have control over Shea, because of how young he is. I mean, that's a fair deal. If that's all they got, it's a fair deal. And that's not all they got. They got a lot in return. And the same for Russell. Like, that Russell deal looks really, really good now, especially especially when you go to tankathon.com and take a look at where that Houston Rockets pick is and the potential yeah. for that. So that deal is – it could be franchise-changing for the Thunder. Because if yeah. the Thunder get a, their own top five pick and they get like the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth pick from Houston, mm-hmm. potentially franchise changing. Potentially franchise changing. Yeah. Yeah. And look, let's let's rethink a little bit about the value of those trades. Um, let us start with Paul George. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they got three unprotected first and two swaps, plus Daniel Gallinari. Plus Shea, Gil- Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, and <laughs> sorry, I had to <laughs> not Shea Gilgis. <laughs> no. uh, well, Shea Gilgis Alexander, whatever. Well, uh, anyway, uh, that is probably higher value compared to what uh, Houston got for James Harden. Probably. Yeah. The yeah, picks yeah, yeah. have a higher upside. I I get that. I mean. Brooklyn Maybe. is a team yeah. that has basically no future. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George are much younger. And, I mean, the the peak value on the back end of the of the deal are probably in favor of Brooklyn. But you got a stud. Mm-hmm. And Victor Oladipo, I like him. Karis Lavert, I like him. You don't trade Shea for those. You no. Probably, like, no, no, no. it's Lavert. The difference between Lavert and Shea are probably two unprotected first, at least. Without a doubt. At the very least. Yeah. Uh, and probably I don't do the deal anyway mm-hmm. because it doesn't make sense for me right now. No. So that is probably in in par with what um, the the New Orleans Pelicans uh, got for AD mm-hmm. because Ingram is very, very good and they, they got a lot. Um, but it's insane. Like Paul George is not AD. Yeah. Like, well, and, and Clippers picks are probably more valuable than Lakers picks. Yeah, too. Yeah, because AD, AD just signed there, and so it's... Who knows? Um, Russell Westbrook. I mean, even if the, the Houston pick is not a top 10 pick, but it's a lottery pick, mm-hmm. you traded uh, Russell Westbrook, an aging Russell Westbrook, for a year of Chris Paul where you actually did better in terms of where you were uh, at the end of the season because you were at Game 7. Game 7. Like a Lou Dort tree from like playing the lakers yeah the, this is insane and and on the top of that you got the picks unprotected picks of phoenix you got to and, and so i will tease wednesday's episode a little bit and that alex and i are going to take a look at all the trades that were made over the summer and give them yeah. grades in hindsight and it's not a ton yeah. of hindsight we'll need 
five years of hindsight for it to for yeah. it to be real. But just looking back and at the time, we thought a lot of these deals were good. Some of them we didn't like so much. But let's we're gonna take we're gonna that's gonna be our deep dive on Wednesday. Then let's let's skip that. And what what I mean is those are awesome trade, even if the Houston pick is not top ten pick. Yeah, because out. the value that they got and and the fact that they the, the thing to me was that Chris was awesome in OKC. He he basically increased the value of a guy like Dennis Schroeder, gave him a role. Mm-hmm. He's playing for the Lakers, and I mean they had no doubt about him. They just it is awesome what Chris did for OKC in just one season. He improved the value of all the people around him, yep. and and this will make um, will be important going forward. Yeah. Uh, even Shea. I mean, Shea is not the guy um, that was in, in Los Angeles. He's a different guy now, and I really think that what Chris did was important. I mean, we don't have any idea of how Russ would have been for him, but I mean... It would have been different. Sure it would have been different. There's no doubt. Different. What I can say is Chris was very beneficial. and Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, I think that you could say, like, Russ was great for Victor Oladipo because they're similar yeah. type of players, like very athletic like not like neither of them have great touch but they can score and so like the mm-hmm. work ethic the explosion to the rim all that stuff was it was very good for Vic to see that firsthand for Shea Chris Paul teams just play really slow and they're very mm-hmm. intentional and they they're just trying to find loopholes throughout the entire game to get you to win I think it's good for Shea to see that because that's more of the style that Shea fits. So yeah. I think, I think for for each time it was good for for both players, and it would have been interesting to see what Russ could have done with him. But I think I would prefer Chris in that in that situation. Well, but we don't even have the choice. We don't have to go back and try. Nope. So it's shout out to Fluky from Germany. Shout out to Emil from New Zealand. Shout out from. Miroslav from Germany. Shout out to Zachary from Maine. Huge shout out to all you guys on the stream. If you don't join us via the stream, if you're just uh, listening on the podcast, you can join us on YouTube. We are live. So please join us when you can. If not, you can go subscribe to the YouTube stream and watch it back if you just want to see our faces. So let's get to a mailbag here that we got on Twitter. And we start with a question from our guy, Miguel Devella 25 who wants to know, who has more value to other NBA teams right now between Shea and Dort? Well, it's Shea. Um, it's clearly Shea because no matter how Dort is functional for a contender, Shea is so much better. Yeah. Um, so much more refined as an offensive player. I get the question. I mean, it's not a bad question because if you have LeBron James, you kind of not need, don't need Shea uh, to some to some degree, um, and and you probably would play Dort quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but think about Milwaukee. I mean, Shea mm-hmm. would be insanely good for Milwaukee. Uh, so it really depends. But if you ask. Um, the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers, who is LeBron James, basically, uh, if he wants Shea or Dort, I don't think he's a question. It I mean, is no hesitation. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. And even if Dort fits that type of um, of team 
better because he doesn't need the ball in his hands. His points per touches are over the roof. Um, so it's a player that can fit in that system. But even even the Clippers, I mean, Shea would be perfect, yeah, for, the perfect for the Clippers. The only team that I would say that would pick Dort and should pick Dort is the Nets. Yeah, probably because they, they really don't need a, an extra ball handler, but Again, the front office will never blink twice. Yeah. It's Shea. Yeah, yeah, the value is to, too good to... Yeah. But if you were just saying, hey, we need to go win this playoff series, I think you'd oh, take yeah. Dort. And I think the Lakers might take Dort. Honestly. Mm, no. No, we just play KCP and... and like I No, Shea is too good. It's just, <laughs> no, man. It's just too good. Yeah, I'm just thinking fit. I'm just thinking fit. I just want I just want the ball in LeBron James's hands all the time. Yeah, but Shea, Shea can be like a secondary ball handler, shooter. Like he shoots awesomely off the catch. Yeah, he does. So the defense is not as it's not as big as, of an Dort. issue in LA. That's true. And also, yes, you have a backline of defense that is amazing. Yeah. So I mean, you can you can find a defender somewhere uh, to to make things better mm-hmm. uh, chemistry wise. Mm-hmm. You don't find Shea uh, under uh, some rock. You yeah. just you just have to pick him. So it's Shea, and um, and if you want to make a case that for the Nets is Dort is kind of the better fit, yes, for sure. I'm starting to feel really bad for Lou Dort just imagining him on the Nets. Just like, hey, Lou, do everything on this end. Just everything. Defend the yeah. best player. I don't. We don't care what yeah. size he is. That's that's your man. I remember a tweet for, for uh, of Matt Moore, uh, Matt Moore um, on Marcus Smart. I don't remember when it was, kind of two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was basically saying, "Hey Marcus, here is the best point guard in the league. Hey Marcus, here is the best wing in the league, the best centering. Yeah. Hey Marcus, is it a rhinoceros for you? <laughs> Just deal with it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and you can picture Marcus Smart like defending uh, a huge beast. Yep." Yeah, we Dort is the same. Blue Dort is the same because he he's huge. He is built yeah. like a truck. He's massive. He is. Yeah. I mean, you. There's a difference when you when you see him. There is just a difference. Uh, this is from Ed Paul R. Valentine. What are some of the top moments in Thunder history that should be made into a petty shoe? What's a petty shoe? Sorry. This is this is the the Dame shoe that we were discussing earlier. It's a oh, oh yeah yeah, um, hmm. I think probably like the Russ triple double record. You could put that in uh, like a Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. colorway because he got that yeah. in Denver and knocked them out of the playoffs in the same day. I think yeah, that could be a good one. I think one in Clippers colors, uh, just on the on the sole of the shoe, just going over the sequence of events that happened in Game Five. Of that game, where it's like Chris that, Paul flops, Russell gets the ball, Chris Paul fouls Russell Westbrook on a three-point shot, free throw made, free throw made, free throw made. <laughs> you know that was Thunder win. That game was insane. Like yeah, that was. series, that the entire series, what was really insane. It was. So so I think those are yeah would be good ones throughout Thunder history. Uh, Maybe one the Thunder beating the Spurs when they were down. They down two zero. Two zero. Yeah, I don't know. Those are some. Yeah. Those are some good ones. Uh, let's see. Next question comes from at Kiwi Greg five 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 
five. Would you trade draft picks three and six for number one? Yeah. 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 Of course. Yep. Number one is number one. And the only combo that in this particular draft I would hesitate using for trading up is two and three. Maybe mm-hmm. also any combination like two and four. Mm-hmm. If you get but, two in the top five, that's where I'm like, Ugh. and you yeah, and, and you'd have to have what you'd have to have two. You'd have to have two. Yeah, and then another yeah. top five. Yeah, then I would hesitate. Even six, because that's where things start to get a little bit dicey in this particular draft mm-hmm. as you start to look at the guys, because guys like B.J. Boston aren't who people said they were at yeah. this point. So, yeah, I agree. Yes, do it. And whoever it is at one, like, I don't know who Sam thinks is the best guy. It's probably Cade, but yeah. I don't know. He may yeah, he may that's... take Evan Mobley. He may take Jalen Suggs. I don't know. I have no idea. But whoever it is, whoever the Thunder think is the best player in this draft is likely a franchise player, and you yeah. and you go get him. Yeah, and, and this, I mean, the question is, um, if there is a guy that is clearly identified as the number one guy, and Presti thinks that this is the guy, then you do the trade. Um, if you think, like, the same thing happened with uh, Philadelphia and Boston a couple of years ago. Um, Boston had yep. a clear evaluation of the draft, yep. a better evaluation than everyone, mm-hmm. and so they did that the trade for even less. Uh, it was... Um, probably a future pick and number three and something else. I don't really remember, mm-hmm. but I remember that Tatum was uh, drafted at three. Yep. So you can slide down or trade up, um, but you need to be really, really convinced that you cannot get what you want a little bit later because Boston was set uh, or laser focused, as right. uh, Bosch says. <laughs> <laughs> they are circling around <laughs> Jason. They were circling around Jason Tatum. Yep. Um, so it's... Um, it may happen that you do three and six, and then you were better off just picking a three. Um, who knows? It depends. It really depends. Uh, mm-hmm. In some draft, it's it's a no-brainer. Uh, KD draft, LeBron James draft, you do it. Um, you probably even do two and three in LeBron's case, or even Doncic. I mean, it's yep. it's something. That if you have a if you have a franchise altering player, you do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. and. And yeah, and maybe sometimes you miss because you don't trade John Morant for Zion Williamson today. You Probably. don't. You, yes. At least you think about it. Yeah. So so sometimes you you think you have a clear number one and and it's not. Wiggins, same thing. It was a clear number one. Mm-hmm. No one, well, Embiid was in the discussion, uh, but then injury Injuries, happened. Yeah. And so, yeah. But when you have a clear number one, then you probably do it. Mm-hmm. And Kate seems. Kate seems like the guy. Yeah, he seems like the guy. He seems like the again, guy that I, you'd go get. But again, like I want to, I would leave that evaluation to the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> but and, oh yeah. and we will oh make yeah. our own evaluations. Exactly. And Mickey we, and Andrew of the future. We will we'll get do there. evaluations. We will get there. We need a little bit more tape to review, and then we'll start. We'll start probably in the next probably a few weeks, right? After the Thunder lose yeah, like yeah, a I billion so. games in the next three weeks, then, <laughs> then I think that I think it will be time. It'll be time. Yeah. Uh, we got Jay in the chat here. What's up, Jay? Uh, thanks for joining. 
Let's get back to our mailbag here. Uh, this is from at Barn Keen. How has the possibility of an expansion draft and keeping eight roster spots affected the Thunder's plans moving forward? Seems to me that the Thunder may push harder for top-end talent before the expansion draft and then fill in the holes after. Does it change at all, or should it? It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't remember if it was uh, on Down to Dunk or Dream Team. Um, the discussion that you had was basically, yeah, it's probably more relevant for teams that really need 10 guys. Mm-hmm. OKC is not in that moment. Um, no. they, if you have, I- even if the expansion draft is tomorrow, it's clear for me who you protect. Mm-hmm. If you have space, you probably protect one between Horford and Hill, um, probably Hill and then Horford, and then you protect your best prospects. And... And yeah, I mean, Muskie, Muskie can go. Uh, mm-hmm. Diallo is probably in the fringe. Uh, Kenrich is in the fringe. Mm-hmm. And if you lose Kenrich Williams, it doesn't change anything. How dare really you? Really anything. How no. How dare you? It's, it's the truth, Andrew. I mean, it's it's just that. I mean, it's it's nice to have. It's a player that I like watch. Uh, I like watching on the court, yeah. but it doesn't change anything. I mean, it's not that he's sticking around... Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you will. Are you going to extend the guy like Kenrich Williams? Yes. Okay. I'd love then to. It, then it then it's relevant for you. I will uh, it's celebrate. One of your eight I will guys. celebrate a Kenrich Williams <laughs> extension. Yes, I will celebrate it on this show in your face. I would love to okay. do that. Love okay. Do that. <laughs> let's let's do that after you pay for the bet. I don't even remember what the well, payment yeah, is. Probably a I need pizza. to go back and listen and figure out what it was because I clearly should just go ahead and pay up now. Whatever it was. <laughs> it was very wrong on our... We're talking about our Lou Dort bet. I thought he'd be under 29% and maybe, I lose. Maybe. maybe oh, if you want on. to sell, Stop. if you want to sell, you can you can, you can can sell for half a pizza. And then we, we okay. call it. And, or, or you can keep it and, and see. And you pay the full pizza. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pay now. <laughs> I'll pay now. <laughs> <laughs> who knows i i know you know stop stop that. I, I know but um okay red comet msg wants to know finally watched some game film basely seems to camp out on the perimeter too much he was at some of his best earlier in the year and last year when he was cutting with his size through the lane it'd be nice to see him hitting the offensive glass more as well am i wrong to think that no not wrong um but I think uh, Coach Dignall talked a little bit about that um, a week ago or four or five days ago. It was over, yeah, it was over the weekend. Uh, yeah, I asked him the question. I popped on there and asked him about Bays and just his mentality. Yeah, because yeah. that's something that I just reading the tea leaves would worry a little bit about with him because he is a thinker. He's a guy that does kind of change his personality from mm-hmm. setting to setting, and I I don't know. I mean, he seems like kind of a complex guy that could get in his own head a little bit. But he did say his mentality is very good and that they're throwing a lot at him, Um, whether that be in the game or on the bench or they're not really practicing a whole lot, but probably in practice as well when they do get to practice. They're throwing a lot at him, and they want to expand his offensive game. And I think this, this goes to a little bit a question from at Austin underscore 35 when he says, where was this Jeff Green and OKC? Because I think the Thunder see the mistakes that they made with Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. And 
don't want to make the similar mistake with guys that have a similar skill set. And Jeff Green and Bays are very similar players and mm-hmm. that they're like pretty athletic. They got good feel for the game. They can kind of do a little bit of everything. And I think they want to give more responsibility to him. And I think they look back at Jeff's career in OKC and thought, man, we should have given him the ball more. We should have given him more responsibility. Yeah. Um, he should have taken more threes. There's, I think there's a lot of mistakes made with Jeff Green. Um, and so I think that they are trying to expand him and not box him in. And yeah, he floats. He does seem to be floating around a little bit when he plays with. This is like when he plays with Hami. I mean, pretty much no one sees the ball <laughs> when you play with Hami, and so like everybody's kind of floating around. So there's there's issues, and there's issues with this team. I mean, they have the worst offense in the NBA. Yeah. You know, there's going to be issues with this team when you have the worst offense in the National Basketball Association. There's going to be issues with it. And I think they're working it out. And I think that Bayes has has I've seen it. I agree with this comment. I I've seen Bayes suffer a little bit over the last two weeks um, because of it. And I, you know, it's something to watch for. I, I do think that they're. I do think that like the front office and the coaching staff are pretty aligned with what should be happening. I think like Pokashevsky's minutes are the biggest indicator of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. I think their preference would be to give Bays as much responsibilities as possible uh, and to uh, really try to develop a lot of his game in the next few years. Yeah, uh, I agree with um, with everything. And it's not easy to play um, a certain brand of basketball when you, ha- you need players with the ball in their hands a lot. And it's on one hand, it's easy because everyone can do everything, but... At some point, dribbling, dribbling, it's not going in that direction. So you, you need to be mindful of that. And also something that I really noticed um, at some point during the last Clipper game, um, Robbie was not in the right place. And I and you yeah. could see Shea being a little bit uh, frustrated by that. He called the play and Robbie went in the opposite direction. Um, he doesn't occupy space as he should. Um, Horford is much better and you can see when Horford or Muscala are on the court the spacing is much better Uh, it's just different the defense reacts in a different way and basically is better Uh, um, because you when you know what you should do and you can't because the team is not functioning as you think then probably he's a thinker and so he says well I'll stay here because if I go where I want to it's going to destroy the spacing, the spacing even more. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, and, and again, the last part, uh, well, in, in the last Clipper game, he was much, much better. So uh, I really like uh, to see him playing that way, and I hope that tonight um, it will be, he will be better yeah. at that. Great observation and some stats to back that up from our guy at Al Baby Cakes. He tweeted this a couple of days ago. He said, a super small sample, but I don't think anyone has been more affected by Horford's absence than Baisley. With Al mm-hmm. in nine games, he's 42% field goal percentage, 30% from three, 11 points, eight boards per game. They're a, they're a plus 0. .4 net rating in, 220, mm-hmm. in 213 minutes. Without Al, he's shooting 30% from the field, 20% from three, seven points, four boards, and, the, and he and Roby in 127 minutes are a minus 23.8 yeah that pairing is not just not working um 
also because Al plays a little plays very differently on defense. Um, yeah. At the beginning of the season, you could see like basically uh, being basically the guy who takes the rebound. Mm-hmm. That is because you have a guy like Horford that does not care about numbers and is always there boxing out. And if you don't do that, then you change the dynamic of the team. I'm not saying that Baze should wait for someone to box out his guy. Yeah. But if that is the way in which you played uh, in order to give the ball to a guy that can run the floor and push the ball in transition because he has a very good handling, sometimes he's Robbie now doing that. And it's not the same. Uh, it's not really the same. So it's it's all good. Uh, he has to learn how to play even with Robbie and not with a someone like um, Horford who really knows how to play and has a, right. an outstanding IQ. He's just he's just too good in he's terms of IQ. Good. Like yeah. if he had the, um, I mean, if you basically make a, fu- uh, a fusion between uh, Horford and Diallo, you you get the ultimate player. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Al will not take twenty shots, probably ever in his career. But he he really knows what to do. Yeah, at any time. Yeah, he just uh, doesn't make mistakes. No, and that's and that was to me like the the big difference in watching the Clippers versus the Thunder is that they mm-hmm. just have all these veterans that have all these reps and that know how to play and know how to play together and know. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that Clippers team doesn't have a great point guard, but they just all are very smart and experienced and know how to play the game. And it just comes very, very easy for them. And that's, I mean, this Thunder team is developing. Like, they're developing these yep. players. They're letting them play through mistakes. I mean, I think, and this is just goes for just life in general, but you learn through your mistakes. And yeah. those are the times where you really, really learn. Uh, when you have success, it's great, you feel good but you really learn the most from your mistakes. And the Thunder are letting these guys make mistakes. And Isaiah Roby's a part of that process. He's making a ton of mistakes out there. He had some nice moments, but yeah, yep. I mean, there's there's growing pains that's going to be at the team, and the same goes for Baisley. Yeah, you need to have accountability in order to learn from your mistakes. But I think that this team and this coaching staff will, uh, will have that because I yeah. mean, if you, you really need to know when and where you made a mistake mm-hmm. and i think that this will be clear because guys are developing and yeah i mean it's um it's a process and i'm sure that this will be helpful for base i mean yeah. you you'll have to be better even if the players around you are not you need to be the guy who elevates them it's not easy um and speaking about the clippers like you can see how much of a difference a guy like Batum makes on the court. Oh, when you have right. a guy that basically doesn't move, um, he's there just to shoot the ball and relocate, and ha- have and he basically has the ball for a split of a second, but he knows where the ball should be, mm-hmm. and like he's basically what we thought Patterson could be for us, and yeah. a guy that where the ball never sticks. That always makes the correct extra pass. That on on defense he gives you probably not lockdown defense, but smart defense. And those guys are helpful and useful for teams. So, I mean, they don't have a point guard, but having that kind of guy is a is a glue guy. Is what Raymond is for to a certain degree, not not to that degree. Yeah. Um, offensively, he is, offensively he he is to a degree. Defensively, to a degree. More, defensively, no, 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 he's no. just not. No, no. He, no, he's, no. he's not very good anymore. 
No, is, no, no. I was I was speaking about offense and the way in yeah. which you can you can. And he is not the fulcrum of the offense, but guys that knows how to make the extra pass immediately and yeah. knows where other people should be on the court are very very helpful. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, this is why offense. You can have a very efficient offense even if you don't have a point guard. Yeah, are they are they the best? They have the best offense in the league. Did I dream that? Well, no, they. They're sure, for sure the best shooting team in the league, mm-hmm. or they were before the, the last Thunder game. So they should be up there. I mean, second, maybe number two, they're number second three. in offense yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, we can go over that. Yeah, real I quick. mean, they, they they play awesome basketball. Like mm-hmm. it's they really find the um, the open man with ease, and 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 it's beautiful to watch. I mean, um, and it's not that OKC is playing bad or anything, um, because you could clearly see that. Uh, even OKC generates good shots, but then if you have Paul George, Batum, and Ibaka at the at the end, and and on the other end you have Robbie and <laughs> Dort and Basley, I mean, you can go two out of twenty, and they can go ten out of twenty, and this is the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Thunder currently have the the worst offense in the NBA at a one hundred three point three. It's not mm-hmm. under one hundred, which is great. It's wonderful. I don't know. I don't even know if a modern NBA team could go under 100. Wait for the George Hill trade, and then we'll talk. Okay, that'd be very exciting. Uh, their their defense is uh, 21st in the league, so bottom 10 defense, bottom 10 offense. They are uh, 28th in net rating, still at a negative 7.6. Only to mm-hmm. be outdone by the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are a minus 8.1, and the Sacramento Kings. Negative eight point four. That's impressive. That's an impressive number, Sacramento Kings. Their defensive rating is one eighteen point seven. Wow. That is, <laughs> the that next is closest is the Wizards, who are horrific at a one fourteen point seven. They're four yeah. points worse. <laughs> four. For a team that had everything. In place mm-hmm. to draft Luca, everything it was all it's sitting there. There they had, for you, right? You have Please. the GM from the same country. Country, it's not like you exactly. Do, it's not like you don't Exa- know. <laughs> I, I mean, how can you? It's so I bad. It's like, so bad. The, hey, the, Bla- the Blazers have it. the third worst defense in the league, by the way. Yeah, they need George Hill and Hamidou Diallo or Lou Dort. But Lou Dort is out of the oh, question yeah. right now. We're not trading Lou Dort. They can have George Hill, though. That'd be great. Yeah, they could. Uh, Enes Kanter and Zach Collins, and we have a deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com.
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Thunder Pulse, listening from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Evan, greetings from Tulsa. Thanks for listening, guys. I think we also have Chad listening from OKC. So shout out to Chad. We got Penny on the line here. I think she's in Tulsa. Happy we Monday. We Chaz from Alaska. We got Chaz from Alaska too. Chaz, thanks for joining. We got people shouting out my hair. Thanks so much for the I'm hair offended, shout outs. But thank you. <laughs> uh, next question is from at Maters918. Are you beginning to get excited about the Miami pick swap? In the 21 draft. Kind of. I don't know. Miami's a team that... I I don't see them being out of the playoffs. I mean, they are not yeah. good right now. But yeah. it's situational. Uh, I would be floored if that pick is below 20. But maybe you yeah. get 18. And it's fine. Well, you don't get you don't get it. Because you're going to pick... You're going to pick swap with the Rockets anyways. And you get your own pick. Yeah. You get the, so the Thunder will get the two best picks from yeah. OKC, Miami, Houston. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a swap. Yes. Yeah. It's a swap as well. So I think the Thunder will get OKC and Houston. And I don't think the Miami pick will play into it. Although it's hilarious that they all have the same record right now at six and nine. Well, they could, they could, well, it's not, it's not, um, it's not for sure that they don't get Miami. If Houston is top four, they get Miami. Whatever, right. Whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. That's is. true. That's true. I yeah. I assume Houston will tread water and be mostly bad, but sometimes kind of good, especially if John Wall can play at all. Yeah, but odds, who knows? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they are lucky. <laughs> I don't want them to be lucky, but maybe they are. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, somebody asked us about like best and worst case scenarios. I just am, I'm playing the uh, the draft lottery here on tankathon.com, and right now this would be a, a worst case scenario for OKC is that they get the seventh and eighth pick in the draft. Like that would be pretty brutal. Uh, I'm gonna play it again. They get the eighth pick. They can get eight and twenty. That is this is something real that can really happen. Yeah. If their pick is somehow eight and Houston is somehow four and then you get Miami that is in the 20s, mm-hmm. this is something that can happen and it's terrible. That would be bad. Bad, bad, bad. Dream scenario here. Dream scenario. Thunder get the first pick and the eighth pick. I'd, I'd flip. I'd flip out. This one's hilarious. Yeah. This one's hilarious. The Thunder get the first pick via Miami and the third pick with their own pick. That's... <laughs> That's outrageous. That, that no, I mean the best case to me, um, it's like one in five. That would be. That's real. That feels realistic. So yeah. sweet. It feels more realistic. So sweet. Yeah, that would be outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Cade and Jalen Green. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, I can't even talk or about maybe, it, Kelly. I can't even talk about it. Yeah, or maybe Kuminga has some or. Or yeah. Mobley has some weird red flags that no one knows about. Oh, and that would be great. I'd love to see some, some Mobley red flags. Yeah, and then oh. it's an Ananobi thing where, 
he was basically not going to Sacramento or something like that in you. Not and going to OKC uh, either, obviously. Are forced to well He didn't Intel Yeah, Did no, he? yes. He didn't. But, but but it's not everyone. Like there are players that like gave inputs. Yeah. Uh so that no one besides OKC could draft him. Could yeah. draft them. Yeah. Pokushevsky yeah. is one of them. Yeah. There were weird red flags and stuff during his season. He was not showing uh, when Scout were there. Hmm. I don't know. Not implying nor denying anything. But uh, what did Sam say to you, Poku? What did he say to you? <laughs> well, what happened there? I don't know. <laughs> um, you, can, okay. you can come here and take as many bad bad shots as you want. Yeah. This seems part of the of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a ni- nice wet blanket for our positive draft discussion. This is from Matt Vito, 00608363. Can we really draft the quote-unquote next great Thunder player? There's a 47% chance that we don't even get the number one pick in five years, even if we're one of the worst three teams every year. Even if we get one, the chances of it turning into a franchise star is probably less than 50%. Thank you, Vito, uh, for reminding us how brutal mathematic is. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, you're, that, is, that is something that should... I know that you can use the, um, the idea and saying, well, this is why you don't tank. Fair. I don't think that other options like getting um, a top five player via free agency or via trade has better odds. Than yeah, at, at keeping the player. I mean, you want to talk about like 53% chance they, that they get in the top five in the next few years. I think the Thunder would say, all right. <laughs> exactly. Let's do it. Because the exactly. chances of them in free agency getting a star player are... Eh, Zero percent. Exactly. It's not happening. And then the odds of trading for a player, yes, higher, but then keeping that player for longer than two seasons? Yeah. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. So give me 53%. Give me the less than 50% odds on them being a star. Give me those odds rather than giving me the odds of, and, and it really just depends on what you want. It all depends on what you want. Because if all you want to do is just compete, get in the playoffs, give yourself a chance to be frisky, great. That's easily done. I think that's easily done. The Thunder would have just kept the team they had last year. Yeah. They find a way to pay for Gallo. You hope that you just, you know, Dort gets better, obviously. Shea gets better. And then you're just like, all right, we're just, we're going to just trudge through this and we're going to be frisky. We're going to be the five seed and teams aren't going to want to play us. And that's the ceiling of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But like the the Thunder, when they traded Chris Paul, when they traded Steven Adams, when they traded everybody they did, and again, we'll talk about that Wednesday, they were saying, we want more. We want more than just being a middling team that competes and has a fun, good season. They want more than that. That's And that's yeah. why they did it. And so, yes, the odds aren't good. The odds of having... I mean, really, the only place where you have like good odds of like trying to win a title is Los Angeles. Yeah, 
I mean, that's it. Just because you are in Los Angeles, you always have a chance to get a star. Yeah. When you're the Lakers, if you can just print Lakers on your jersey, boom, great. Just hang on. You're eventually going to have a star that wants to come play for you. Just yeah. hang on. If you stink, and, just hang on. Yeah, and the drought for them lasts, what, five years? Yeah. And then you Maybe get less. LeBron James to just fall in your lap. Yeah. The Thunder will never have a LeBron, LeBron James caliber player just fall in their lap and say, yeah, I'd like, I would like to come play because I think the Devon Tower is spectacular. It's yeah, a beautiful and, building. And again, um, think about teams like Indiana. Indiana just made a trade mm-hmm. to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why it was so maligned the way in which uh, Houston picked Oladipo compared to Levert. Yeah. But to me, it's clear. One team wants to sustain the level of play that they have right now, which is Indiana. 40 to 50 win team every mm-hmm. season. You have zero chance to be the champions because, I mean, it's it's not zero just because there are catastrophic injuries that can happen. But it's it's negligible. You, zero just, point it, zero 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 yeah, zero yeah. one. <laughs> and the other team says, well, now... We really want to have the, the, the potential to, to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have all of deep on my books, um, I may find a way to move Gordon. Uh, I may find a way to, or at least to have like a lesser team uh, that in the Western Conference will never be good. Mm-hmm. And, and just having the possibility to, to decide what my future is. The other team decided what is the future for them. And it's barring some. I don't know, uh, Jokic, uh, Sabonis tr- transform himself into Jokic uh, plus something, and then maybe. But it's I don't see that. And so it's clear to me that what OKC is doing, it's different. They don't want to be that team. They are this team now, probably, uh, if they play hard and they, they play Hill 38 minutes, Horford mm-hmm. 38 minutes, then probably they are a team that fights for the playing tournament. But mm-hmm. this is exactly what they want to avoid and avoid for real like it's this is why they are starting Roby and and not Muscala yeah <laughs> like because Muscala fits better you can see yeah. that it, it's clear it's it's in front of you just just look how better the team is when Muscala plays mm-hmm. the spacing is better the 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 flow is better everything is better but yeah, no defense is better yeah yeah, everything. Like the defense with Muscala on. That is how Roby uh, is playing right now. Yeah. But the plan is clear. Like we want to develop. And playing through adversity is a way to develop. Especially when you have a blue chip prospect in Shea. And you're giving him a hard time getting to his shots. Mm-hmm. Like, Go Shea. This is hard. Next year, if, you, if we get Cade, if we get Mobley, you'll have more space. and more. It'll be easier. Yeah, should get yeah easier. it would be easier. Yeah. And you will have other challenges. Like maybe you you can get to eight or nine rebounds. You can get to eight or nine trips to the free throw line. You will have Mm -hmm. other goals. Now just score when you are the only one that the defense really care about because they don't know that Ludort is coming for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's Scott underscore bracket wants to know, how bad does trading away Sabonis hurt now? Do you think he's already going, already slash going to be a, the type of player the Thunder is going to try to hit on in the next few years? Zero, clearly. If you have to choose today between Shea and Sabonis, to me it's not 
it's not a question. I, yeah. I said it many times. I love Domas. I'm I'm in love with this game. I just I followed him pretty closely for 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 a job that I was doing for uh, Gonzaga, and and he's he's a great player. Mm-hmm. But if I have to, choose, to 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 say today which player I want on my team, it's Shea, and I don't I don't even think twice. Yeah. So it's to me it's it hurts because I, I would love to see Domas playing in this environment for yeah. sure. I mean yeah. they they tried to shop like if we were so lucky that Domas's contract was up next year. I mean to me you really go after him, mm-hmm. and maybe they will do because I mean Indiana is not going anywhere, uh, and maybe they would like two first round picks for Domas next year, and he's. Perfect for uh, for a team where Shea is is the guy, the second guy, and maybe uh, Kate is the number two, uh, number one guy. And yeah. then you add a, a big man like Sabonis, which is basically Horford but better and younger. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, he's he's not sign me up dissimilar from Al Horford in a lot of ways. He's not. Yeah, and, and it gives you like a post dimension, even if uh, last game it basically. <laughs> Had two bunnies blocked uh, at the end of the game, yep. uh, but but yeah, he's a player that I love. But I mean, Shea is better today and probably better for the future. Yeah, no question. Uh, at Thunder Sooners wants to know if Dort's ceiling is Jimmy Butler, then what is Shea's ceiling? I guess I have to answer to this. I mean, it's it's James Harden, right? Like that's the ceiling, and we're and we're talking about like the very best you could possibly get hmm. that's your ceiling like 2% chance less than 2% chance that he gets yeah. there but if he gets there yeah he's not that dissimilar from James Harden where he's deceptive he gets in the lane he gets at the free throw line he can um, finish at the basket he can take step back threes you know he can do all those things so you know, is there a better comp as far as like like true ceiling goes i i don't know i don't love the uh, i know why you we say james harden because it's it's there but i i was after a better comp in terms of what he does in the court yeah maybe he's james harden i don't know and i have to think about it because he's so unconventional in pick and roll he is very unconventional yeah yeah it's it's different and maybe there are guys that are more similar to him, but they were they are not at the level that I'm thinking. Like, he's more similar in some sense to Dragic. Um, yeah, but but he's he could be better than him, like way better than him. Yeah. So yeah, Dragic is like a median, more of a median outcome for yeah for Shea, where it's like yeah. hey, you'd be like fringe All Star, and you can lead a team and then maybe on the back end of your career coming off the bench or whatever like that's I mean I think that's almost like a sure thing like he's gonna have the career of a Goran Dragic yeah, yeah I don't know he he's a different I, I I my like NBA knowledge um at least about films goes back I don't know not not very many uh, years so I wonder if in the past there are, there were players that were more similar to Shea Mm-hmm. And that they made all stars and stuff like that. I don't know. You probably have to go back a while because he his style of play is not like pull up uh, or I don't know. It's it's more 
crafty and and irky jerky and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe you should go in the eighties or in the seventies and, and and look for guys that were tall uh, and they were playing with the ball. Who knows? Maybe someone on Twitter will point us a better comp than Harden. The level the level to me is number one guy. I still think that there is a chance for Shea to be the number one guy on a team. Yeah. Um, a slim chance, as you said, 2%, 1%, I don't know. It's it's silly to talk percentage, probably. Uh, do you remember the... Um, who was that? Uh, James Ennis is 80% of a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We throw out oh, some, there's some silly stuff thrown out there by me and by everybody. No, it was not you. The oh, I know that wasn't me, but I'm saying like... I'm, no, I mean two percent is, is I know why you say two percent is it's it's not likely and it's an easy way to say that. But mm-hmm. you, you don't know. Like you just don't know how likely it is. You you yeah. probably if you have to bet, you probably don't bet on that. Yeah, you don't bet on it. It's it's really when I say two percent, it's just like it's I think there's I don't know. You can be a homer, definitely, and say like Shea's the number one guy. He's going to no. be everything to this franchise. He's going to he's carrying the franchise on his back. You know, you can yeah. be a homer and do all that, but the truth is, like the actual truth is, the Thunder love Shea, but they have higher aspirations for the leader of the franchise than Shea Gilgeous Alexander. Like yeah. that's the yeah. truth. Like the yeah. absolute truth is that they want to win a title. If you don't believe me. Go read what Sam wrote in the Oklahoma two years ago. I know that people get yeah. annoyed with me saying that. Like, go read it. Yeah, go read there. it. He laid it's the there. whole plan out. It's all there. He typed it. He published it to their site. It's there. Yeah. Actually, he probably didn't publish it. Some somebody else published it. But he <laughs> he turned it into them. Um, okay. Ad Ben Alpers wants to know. No, imagine okay, Lou okay. Dort uh, is far from there yet. But who would make the list of the top ten undrafted players in the modern era? Say since the a- ABA NBA merger, what are the top ten undrafted players in the association today? So I don't oh, have, I, I don't I have know. ten. But like, here's guys. Here's some guys that were undrafted that are playing in the league today. And Dort is at, toward the top of this list. He's not the top of it, but he's close to it. Like Joe Ingles was undrafted. Uh, Alex Caruso was undrafted. Ish Smith was undrafted. Uh, Kent Bazemore is undrafted. Fred Van Vliet yeah. was undrafted. Who's undrafted? probably at the, yeah was not late, super late. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. Then Fred he Van Vliet. is for sure number one. Yeah, yeah. Of the player one. that you and mentioned, Wes Matthews was undrafted as well. Yeah. Uh, like guys that were undrafted back in the day. Shout out Earl Boykins. Shout out Jeremy Lin. Shout out wow. Udonis Haslam. Shout out John Starks. Shout out John Ham for John Starks. And shout out Ben Wallace. All well, undrafted. Yeah, I mean, he's not at that level, for sure. No. But no, he's, he's not one yeah, one of the best undrafted player that is playing currently in the league, which is something. Um yeah, he's yeah. probably third. Like I'd probably put Joe Ingles above him. Yeah. At least for now. wise, yes. Yeah, Ingles is so good, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's so fun. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've got three minutes. So let's do this last question from Matt, 405 fan. It says, say we get a top five pick in this draft. What is the most you'd be willing to give up in terms of players and picks to get a second top five pick? Our young players with real value are probably Shea, Dort, and Bays. If Houston ends up around 10, 
Would 10 plus bays plus three more first, not our own, be too much? No. Probably not. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. But it I depends. Would... Number five, if if your guys... The, three is quite a lot. Three is quite uh, a lot. Quite a lot. So I... You just have to be sure to make... And, and I wouldn't be mad at something like that if you're sure. If you're like, yeah. hey, Jonathan Kaminga is going to be a star in the NBA. And we already mm-hmm. have, you know, we already have Cade or Jalen Suggs or whoever it is. Like we already, yeah. we've got them in place and we have Shea in place and we will probably just like, like to keep Dort. And if Kaminga can be that guy, go get him. Go get him. Yeah. Because I, like Bay's has a high ceiling, but the chances of him getting there are very, 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 very slim. Yeah. And you may come back to bite you, but I think that you have to go over that. That top-level talent, if you just go over it in NBA history, that's where you want to be. Like, it's it's where you want to be, and the Thunder have to take chances to get there. And so, like, something like that sounds like a lot. It is a, that's a whole heck of a lot to give up. Mm-hmm. But to get eight years of control over a guy like Jalen Green, Kaminga, whoever it is, I think you have to take a chance. Look, Dallas traded number five, two extra first round pick, lightly protected for Doncic, which is arguably a better package because they they knew that they trade Trey Young, who was a blue chip prospect already. So they Mm -hmm. traded Trey Young plus two picks for Mm -hmm. number five. This mm-hmm. is what they had to because again they were there. They could have got they could have gotten Trey Young if they wanted to, or mm-hmm. uh, Justin Jackson Jr. Yep. Um, that's not well. Jackson Jaren. Jr. Jaren. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why am I missing all these names? Well, anyway, uh, so if you think if if Doncic is there for you, you do it, and no one will remember who who the trade was made for. Like it's it's okay. If you draft, even if if it's for Trey Young, you do it. Those guys have chances to be transcendent talents that yep. can change the franchise. So, three picks, four picks, and basically for Doncic, sign me up. If this is yep. the level of the player that we are discussing. Yep, totally agree. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everybody in the stream. Thanks to Brian Yates from New Zealand for tuning in. He hasn't missed a pod since Steve-O left. Thank you so much. That means a lot to us. We've got Christian from South London. Hope you're doing okay during the lockdown. I know that life is probably not easy where you're at right now. So uh, we're thinking about Stay you. Strong. Hope that things are going okay for you there. Um, just shout out to everybody that listened. That's on the stream. If you're listening to the pod, thank you so much. Be sure to go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get The Athletic for $3.99 a month. This is the five-year anniversary of The Athletic. So make sure that you, I retweeted this on my account, so go check that out. Retweet it, like it, and you'll register, it's basically registering you for a chance to get a free subscription to The Athletic. So go do that. Thank you so much for listening. And tune in Wednesday when Alex and I discuss the trade grades for the Thunder of this past offseason. Thanks so much. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.